This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio, episode number 72. What has been the secret of L.L. Bean, Starbucks, Samsung, Lowe's, and many others that has earned them top market share and profits? To find out, join me and my guest from the famous Sandler Way Training Company and learn how you can help your business elevate customer care to lead and succeed. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio. Today we're talking to Ann McKeegan. She is the customer care program specialist for Sandler. She helps Sandler trainers all over the world build their businesses with a customer care program through marketing, curriculum, and prospecting and facilitation. Her book is Customer Service the Sandler Way, 48 Rules for Strategic Customer Care. Welcome, Ann. Hi, thanks, Sabrina. I'm really glad to be here. You know, I love the Sandler company. I wonder if you could just tell a little bit about your company and their history before we start in with the questions. Yes, of course. Uh, well, Sandler's been around since the mid-60s. And it started as a sales training organization, but David Sandler, the founder, really believed in excellent communication skills. And it wasn't long before managers started saying, you know, we could use those communication skills as well as our salespeople and customer care people. You know, that's really what customer care is all about. It's a, it's a communication, a brain-to-brain relationship. And so Sandler has kind of evolved into a training organization. We are all around the world. We're in Europe and China and Asia and Australia and all over the U.S., Canada, South America. We're there. And uh, we are a a group of uh, professional trainers who are also professional salespeople and entrepreneurs. So just in a little tiny nutshell, that's what Sandler is all about, Sabrina. Beautiful. What is customer service and what is specifically the way your company thinks about customer service well we think about customer service in a couple of ways and and one way is that it is building relationships and building loyalty with customers through treating them fairly and communicating really well with them and the other thing that we believe is we take the word helping because that's what customer service people do we help but if you turn that help into sell we also sell so customer service is both helping customers get what they want which is also in some ways the definition of sales and so there's a very cloudy line between selling and customer service customer service people don't like to think of themselves as salespeople but if you're helping someone get what they need and they're paying for it, then you are a salesperson. So we look at it that way. There are some customer service people who only solve problems, uh-huh. and, but most customer service people do both. They help people get the products and services they need. They help them make good buying decisions, and they also help them solve problems. So that, that's basically what it boils down to. 
Okay. Can you tell us some stories of bad customer service in companies? You know, everybody I talk to has a, a story about bad customer service. I was on a phone-in show the other day where someone was trying to explain something to, I think it was a communications company, I can't remember now, but finally the, the customer service person said, I'm not listening to you anymore, and they hung up on them, if you can believe that. Well, I've actually experienced that more than once. Really? <laughs> yes. It's quite shocking. It is. So why do you, why do you think they do that? That's an interesting question. I I think it's usually when they don't know how to answer my question. Yeah, I I think you're right. They may be not prepared for the question. They may be easily frustrated. And when I say easily frustrated, that comes from maybe not enough training in either product knowledge, and believe me, we all need training in product knowledge, but also in communications training. In other words, they don't know how to handle a difficult situation or a difficult person. And anyone in customer care is going to tell you you're going to run into both. You're going to run into difficult situations and you, you know, you're going to run into difficult people. And if you don't have a process for taking that person through a solvability, uh, you know, from, from problem to uh, outcomes, then you are going to get frustrated and you may end up doing something that you know, you may regret, like, hanging up on people. It's shocking, but it happens. So I, I want to ask you more about that, but I, I want to just back up for a minute and ask you, what are the consequences to a company if they don't have a good process for training customer service and bad service happens? What Do we well, have any statistics uh, or information on that? You know, most of bad customer service is anecdotal because, if you if you ask a company to participate in a survey, they're going to tell you they have great customer service. They're not going to give you their statistics on attrition and how many customers they lose in a year because of poor service, but everybody knows that it happens. But I'll give you a real-world example. This happened two years ago this month, actually, and there was a young girl, 14 years old, had gotten some money for her birthday, and her mom took her and a friend to the mall, the local mall, and said, you know, I'm going to stay in the in the food court. You guys go and spend your money. So the little girl goes into a clothing store and was looking for her size. And the the clerk came over and said, we don't have your size here. You're too fat. You should shop somewhere else. Like literally those words. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. It's shocking. So the little girl leaves upset. But then she thinks to herself, you know what? That's not right. And she phoned the local radio station. Within hours, it was all over the Internet. There were articles about it in England, all over the U.S., in Canada. You know, it went viral. I think that she had something like on YouTube, a million hits on, on her story on YouTube. Wow. So one person says an offhand comment to one little 14-year-old. And these are the kind of consequences you might expect because of technology now. You know, it, people pay attention to these things. And this is a, a company who invests a lot in merchandising and in training and all those things. But one person, that wasn't the worst of it. Here's what happened next. The company defended their employee, said, well, they were busy and this and that, when they could have just said, we're really sorry, let us make it up to you. It's what you do after you make the mistake in customer service very often that, that – uh, 
that gets people's backs up. So that's just one example. Beautiful. Uh, you mentioned in your book that there's three areas that you need to address to have superior customer service. What are they? Well, you know, certainly you have to think about hiring. That is the very basis. You know, if you've ever had a customer service uh, employee who looked like they didn't like their job, that was a hiring problem, probably. Not everybody is suited to customer service. You really need to have people who are people-oriented, who are empathetic, and who are also process-oriented, who know how to take people through the process of selling, the process of, of uh, problem resolution. You know, all these different things are just a step-by-step process. So hiring the right people and, you know, asking the right questions when you hire. People hire without a lot of thought to what would be a good fit within our company. So I think that would be my first, you know, the, the first thing. And, and after that, it's really about training. And, and before, you go, often, before you go to that, and I, I want to hear what you're saying there, but you also mentioned a bias towards action. What, right. what is that? A bias towards action means rather than wait for someone to come and say, here's what you do next, fix the problem. See, with customers, there's two things you have to fix. You have to fix their problem, but you also have to fix them. And taking action, that means doing something um, and to, to fix the problem as soon as possible rather than, you know, let, let, me, let me have my manager phone you back next week. Not a, good, not a good solution. A bias towards action means can you hang on for a moment? I'm going to walk over and talk to my manager about this right now and get you an answer. That's a bias towards action rather than, you know, putting them on hold and never going back to them. It's doing something, taking action immediately. And part of that is on the company. Like I I often tell my clients, my companies, you need to tell your people if it's anything up to $300, they can fix it themselves. They don't have to come and ask. And that will empower your frontline workers to solve customer problems, especially the small ones, quickly and happily and you know a bias towards action just means exactly that taking the action fixing it now don't wait the sooner you can get it fixed the better so do you think the not taking action is usually because the company doesn't have a policy that way or is there anything that something that has to change in the mindset of the customer service person to make that happen too yeah, it's both. The problem is sometimes when customer service providers try to fix things, they'll get slapped down afterwards. Why did you do it that way? I wouldn't have done it that way. You should have done it this way. And that is really unfair. Somebody who, who takes the initiative to fix something, uh, they may not always do it exactly as you would do it, but that's a training opportunity. That's a coaching opportunity for, for the supervisor. You know, people need to be applauded for trying to fix something and for trying to keep the customer happy rather than being slapped down. So if you're slapped down a couple of times, then you think, gee, I better not make this decision on my own. I better have somebody do it. So, you know, it's kind of a combination of things. You need to train them properly and you need to allow them to make the mistakes and go out there and fix it as you go and they learn. Customer service people are smart. Beautiful. And... 
can you give us an example of the difference it makes to have a good system or process of customer service, what that might look uh, like? Yeah, sure. The The best example probably is in dealing with upset customers. And one of the things that people do wrong with us, upset customers is they try to fix it too quickly. Customers need to vent and they need to tell the whole story. And if you don't allow them to do that, you see, when they're, uh, that uh, emotion comes out of the right side of your brain, and you have to allow them to get that out before you can switch over to the left side of your brain, which is the step-by-step process of solving their problem. First, they need to vent, then, and you need to reassure them that you're going to help them, and then you have to, you know, ask, start asking questions because answering questions comes out of the left side of the brain. So that is just the beginning of a process and, and understanding how, how people work, how, how to read people, what they need. And very often what they need at the beginning is to tell you how unhappy they are. And if you try to cut that off too soon, then they're not listening to you. They're not ready to move to solving it. They want to tell you their story. Does that make sense? It does. Do you do you think besides having a script, it's it's a good idea to role play or practice that with your group? Yeah, yeah. That and that's exactly Sandler's adult learning model. You have to learn to do it. These are not things that you know you can memorize and then do. You have to role play with people. And you have to correct and role play again and correct and role play again. And that's why we are, our training is face-to-face or ear-to-ear, and it is working through real-life problems over and over again until you understand the process and you can apply it. You can know all the fancy techniques in the world, but if it doesn't make a difference when you're standing in front of your client or on the phone with your client, it, de- it doesn't do any good to know those techniques. It's all about application. So it's, it is practice. And I was going to ask you some some suggestions or ideas of how to be a good leader or manager of a customer service group. Yeah, that's interesting. We, we do work with a lot of, um, of supervisors, leadership people, um, and uh, managers, and uh, we actually have a, a course called uh, For Manager's Ears Only, and that is really about learning to coach your people to catch them doing things right and to understand that when you find them doing things wrong, that is a teachable moment, but you have remember that these employees are kind of like your customers. You have to treat them like customers. You have to treat them uh, with respect. And, and help them get to the next level. So, you know, managing, coaching, supervising, mentoring, all of these things have to come in to helping your people grow to the next level and to deliver what you believe is, is the best customer care that your company can provide. So do you suggest having some way to measure the level they're at? How do you, how do you work with that? How do how do you assess what level somebody's at and then move them to the next level? Yeah, people ask me that all the time. How do I know where they are? Where's the starting point? And then how do I measure that? Uh-huh. And there are, tool- there are tools that you can use, but 
people who work closely with their uh, employees usually will know. We do things like Secret Shopper, and we will start with the end in mind. In other words, what is what are your expectations of the service levels your people should be delivering? Let's set out a, a, a number of goals based on your expectations. What would be the best outcome you can think of? And sometimes it includes time, how long they spend with customers. Sometimes it includes sales, how much the customer buys. It just depends on what their expectations are. And we work with them on putting those goals down on paper. And once you have those goals, then you need to make those benchmarks all the way along to figure out how are we going to get them there. And it is a very pragmatic, practical thing. But each company may be completely different. I mean, what they want from their customer service people may be different. And so that's where this specialization and, and customization comes in, of really understanding their goals. And really understanding, yeah, understanding their goals and what, what they want. And what is upserving? Upserving is being able to ask the right questions and to really understand the needs of what the customer needs. Often customers come in and they don't really know. They kind of have a slight idea of what they want, but they don't really know what the best purchase for them is. Upserving is making sure you ask questions. Questions are very big at Sandler. Questions and listening, listening to customers. So upserving is, you know, up above. It's anticipating. I think that's the best word anticipating that if you buy A, B, that at some point you're probably going to wish you had bought C as well. So why not ask them about C now and explain why other people often include it in the sale? That kind of thing, it's, it's really anticipating needs. It's making sure that, you know, you follow up. Follow up is a huge part of upserving. And it is making sure that there are no disappointments later on. The basic, basic customer service is industry standard. It's what everybody else is doing. But when you get to that magic level, that up-serving level, when, when you surprise people um, with your level of customer service, and you know, I'm sure you've heard the stories of things that people will do over and above, those are the up-serving things anticipating what else they might need. Beautiful. We're just about done with the interview, and I'm wondering if there's something else. Is What else would be helpful for the women uh, leaders of companies and managers that are listening to this program to know about customer service? Well, one of the things that I always ask managers is to spend more time sitting next to their customer service people listening to recorded uh, conversation, all of the things to make sure they know what people are saying to their customers. If you're not doing that, then you are really missing out on understanding where you, you know, where your, where your deficits are. And listening is a, a wonderful skill. And it, just give more thought to how important the frontline people are of your company. These are your billboard to the rest of the world. These are the people who define what your company is to them. 
And the other thing that I often suggest is come to, if you're going to train your people, go to the training with them. Um, it is a sure sign to customer service providers that their job is important and that the manager is on board with the training because sometimes they'll get, they'll be sent to training. And then if training is not exactly what the, the manager believes, they'll be getting mixed messages and they won't implement the training. So that um, that is yeah. really, really important. In a lot of companies I've worked in, that seems, they seem to almost be like the stepchild or not given the same level of attention that other departments are given. So That's I, really uh, true. Yep. Really like what you're saying. And I really appreciate your time and your coming on the show today. I'm sure this, all this information will be very helpful to people. And um, I hope they read your book, Customer Service, The Sandler Way. It's an excellent book. Uh, thank thank you. you so much. Can you do me a favor? I would really appreciate you giving me a great review on iTunes. Every great review allows us to get more women to discover the show and helps them to succeed. Also, I would really appreciate you sharing my show with your friends and associates. And thanks for listening. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brom, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrom.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.